So after I arrived on campus Tuesday morning, I knew it was going to be a good day uh, with the perfect weather. Lincoln Riley had a little pep in his step. And what were the impressions of Coach Riley from Coach Riley regarding Sunday's team scrimmage? And we've got some more recruiting news. That's what's coming up next on Locked On USC. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Hulkin, and thanks for making Locked On USC your first listen. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you download your podcast, we're free. And we appreciate you watching and coming along for the ride. So if you are watching YouTube, uh, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and give me some feedback. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. I found out from one uh, loyal listener watcher that um, they didn't like the basketball update. I guess USC really is a football school. Uh, nevertheless, we will cover USC football and basketball um, as we get closer into the season, but we will stick with football for right now. <clears throat> um, so I mentioned uh, USC was back at fall camp Tuesday morning, fall camp day number 10. And Lincoln, uh, he definitely had some pep in the step. He had a big, huge smile. Um, I, I think he liked what he saw on film after uh, Sunday scrimmage. And he also knew that he was getting a big time recruit at a position of need uh, in a little while after practice started around 11 a.m. I'm recording this Tuesday evening. You're watching and listening to this. Hopefully first thing Wednesday morning. Uh, we'll get to the recruiting news a little bit later in the show, but as well as the scrimmage report. Um, Nevertheless, Lincoln was in a good mood Tuesday morning. Uh, nothing, look, nothing's perfect. Um, although Tuesday's weather was pretty darn close for, for a Trojan practice. It was 69 degrees at 8 a.m. Uh, it was uh, forecasted to be 75 degrees when they started at 9. And I'm not sure how the team was going to survive the 80 degrees by 11 a.m., you know, just wearing shorts and shells. Somehow or another, they were going to have to get through it. So, you know, I'm I'm being facetious and I'm kind of being, you know, making light of the situation. But there there is something on a more serious note. Uh, when you start to combine the L.A. weather and everything else that, you know, L.A. has to offer now with NIL and we're going to assume a uh, a winning USC football program now with Lincoln Riley running the show. Um, look, listen up. This is what college football could be up against uh, if Lincoln can just come close. Doesn't have to replicate what what Pete Carroll did, but if he can, you know, recreate one or two championships, a Heisman Trophy sprinkled in here and there. Um, the rest of the college football world is going to have to contend with that. Again, that's a long ways away, but when USC football is winning, um, they're hard to recruit against. 
and these are the things that kind of nil is part of the fact part of the part of the equation now so um we'll see what happens year one with lincoln riley but uh yeah today was a good day at least the, the vibe was there and you know one of the again we're not asking for a peak Harold type of dynasty but just a reminder what was going on during those days and we'll we'll fast forward back to fall camp 2022 but uh, usc when usc lost to oregon state in 2008 they had lost just two times previous to that in 53 games i want to let that sink in for a moment <laughs> Uh, they had that triple overtime loss at Cal in 2003. And then I'm sure everybody remembers that uh, that debacle of a championship game that they lost to Texas against Texas for the three-peat at the Rose Bowl. Um, we're not going to we're not going to linger on this anymore because I don't want to uh, I don't want to be in a bad mood rehashing that loss. So anyways, um Back to fall camp 2022, day 10. Who survived the weekend scrimmage on Sunday? Um, Rehab Island had a population explosion. Let me just go over these names real quick. And I'm going to assume this is because, you know, they got a little physical during the scrimmage, a lot of tackling. And so uh, some bumps and bruises showed up. So Kyle Ford was a new visitor. Josh Follow, Damani Jackson, um, he had a noticeable right leg limp and a sleeve uh, going over his entire leg, one of those neoprene sleeves for support. Safety Bryson Shaw was suited up, but he was limited during practice. Chris Thompson Jr., linebacker. Michael Jackson III, wide receiver. Corey Foreman. Uh, he was there, but he had he wasn't wearing that leg sleeve anymore. I'm a, a real quick note on him in a moment. Solomon Tuliapupu and Jude Wolf was there with his scooter and his left boot, and of course Zion Branch wearing his soft leg cast. We know he's done for the season. Um, Corey Foreman looks like he might be getting off Rehab Island the next time we see him at practice. Uh, the media will, again, not be available on Wednesday, but we will be there Thursday. I noticed uh, Corey, uh, while the team was doing their strength and conditioning session to open practice, you know, stretching, skipping, all that kind of good stuff, Corey was uh, doing some some work on his own, some footwork, showing off some swim moves, uh, testing his knee, the type of drills you would see uh, when you're testing you know, for strength and flexibility in your knee. So... Uh, he was doing that on his own before the the rehab island group was whisked away to go get some uh, get some work in. Um, at least Coach Roy Manning had some more people to work with uh, on Tuesday than compared to the last time when we saw him on Friday. Uh, joining Julian Simon in that group were Solomon Bird. He was back. He when we saw him uh, on Friday, he was on Rehab Island, but he had a knee brace with him this time. Romello Height, he was limited wearing his yellow jersey. Taylor Katoa was out there as well as uh, preferred walk-on Garrett Pomerantz. So Roy Manning, uh, at least he had a group of guys to work with during uh, 
the non-contact drills of practice. Uh, Dejan Benton continues to get some first-team reps with the uh, with the defense. Uh, at least during this one drill, he was paired up with Tuli Tuli Apolotu, uh, where they tackled the dummy after popping out from underneath the tent. And I guess one way to look at this, if Dejan Benton is pushing Nick Figueroa, uh, maybe Jordan Addison's perspective is pretty accurate. We'll uh, we'll have a quote from Jordan Ad- from Jordan Addison when we uh, do the scrimmage review coming up here very soon. Um, one more thing on the uh, first team rotation, right before the press was asked to leave practice, as we always are. Uh, the secondary and the linebackers, they go through a, uh, I call it half game speed. Uh, it's a read and react type of drill where they uh, they kind of, if, if they're reading a pass play, uh, they're reading and reacting going a certain direction and then dropping into coverage. Um, Solomon Bird was at rush end. Eric Gentry and Shane Lee were your linebackers. So just something of note there to take away. Also, on offense, the tight end position is really up for grabs right now between uh, Ethan Ray and, I would say, Lake McCree. Uh, Jude Wolf, and obviously, is out for until October. We talked about that on last episode. And Josh Follow hasn't been available. So, right now, it would seem as good time as any for Ethan Ray to, uh, to make a run for the tight end position. Just a reminder, again, he's been here since 2019, and he hasn't seen the field in a game. Uh, the O-line competition is definitely heating up. Uh, we spoke with Cortland Ford and Gino Quinones after practice Tuesday. Um, both guys are definitely zeroed in and focused. You'll want to check out their uh, those interview videos over on YouTube when you get the opportunity. And Cortland Ford has some massive, giant cannons hanging off of his shoulders. Uh, so, again, the offensive line is looking really good. We've spoken about the interior guys, Gino Quinones, uh, his, you know, he might be considered one of those late bloomers, but he is getting some run on the two deep. And we spoke to him for the first time uh, since he's been at USC. All right, we're going to get serious here for a moment. Uh, This is a message from the uh, National Highway uh, Traffic and Safety Board. Drive sober or get pulled over. So, you know, you're hanging out with some friends and you're putting back a few drinks, a few becomes too many. And as the evening comes to an end, a few people start to head out and you think, eh, you think of calling for a ride, but you say, nah, you live nearby, you can make it home okay, it's no big deal. What are the odds you're going to get pulled over anyway, right? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. This is uh, really personal to me and I'm sure to a lot of you out there. We all know someone who has been affected by drunk driving in one way or another. 
don't be someone who, that affects somebody else's life. All right, back to uh, a little more lighthearted stuff. Um, mentioned at the top of the show, Lincoln Riley was in a really good mood. And I think that's because he liked what he saw on film after he after the scrimmage. And you can go check out Lincoln Riley's interview after practice on YouTube. It's all over the place. Uh, we got one up there from WeRSC.com, USC Athletics. You'll find it. Just do Lincoln Riley. <laughs> it's out there. Um, his, he did say that uh, both sides of the ball had their moments. Uh, remember last week, uh, Lincoln mentioned that the defense was probably slightly ahead of the offense uh, when we spoke to him last. Uh, both Caleb Williams and Miller Moss got a shout out for having command of the offense during their opportunities. Um, defensively, two names that he mentioned were Eric Gentry and cornerback Prophet Brown. They were highlighted for their interceptions at the scrimmage. Uh, Riley said both were, quote-unquote, outstanding plays. Um, Lincoln Riley, regarding Gentry, uh, he, he mentioned that his length and playmaking ability, his nose for the ball, kind of stick out. It's rare to have a guy who has that type of length and also that type of athleticism. You'll love it defensively. You love his instincts. Uh, he's getting more comfortable in our system, making less mistakes each day. Uh, from an offensive perspective, guys like that are a pain. Uh, he's done a really nice job of it. Um, so this was the first time that the uh, offense and defense participated in any full field live tackling uh, scrimmage. They've had you know, different situations during practice, but this was a scrimmage type of, app, uh, of, of uh, thing they went through on Sunday practice thing. Um, he said, you know, we've done a lot of short yardage work, but this was a different type of animal, end quote. It was great because you were able to evaluate the offensive players and how they react in the open field. And then obviously, uh, defensively, you get that same type of evaluation. <clears throat> um, he went on, because a lot of a lot of this has become so much of an open space game, uh, Riley said there were some tremendous one-on-one uh, -on -one tackles from the defense, but ultimately... Uh, the scrimmage produced plenty of film to coach off of on both sides. So if you're reading between the lines there, um, there's still work to be done. I, again, last week, Riley intimated that the defense was ahead of the offense. I think after his comments, the offense caught up during the scrimmage. Um, so the defense probably missed some opportunities to make some open field tackles. Uh, Jordan Addison, uh, he felt like the USC pass rush has really stood out. In fact, quote, out there at receiver, that's who we're racing. We're racing that pass rush, end quote. Okay, it's interesting. So I guess one way to look at this is, is the O-line holding on for dear life? Or is uh, Jordan just kind of spreading the sugar around a little bit? Um I say we take the positive message out of this and say the D-line is doing very well. I think the offensive line is also doing very well from all accounts. Um, and this is just Jordan Addison's way of saying, hey, our, we don't have a lot of time to get open. 
Uh, the defensive line is coming along just fine. And I'm sure USC fans, you want to hear that. So we won't know until we get to see it uh, in person. And we won't see that until you guys get to see that in a, when they kick off against Rice, which will, by the time you're watching the show, will be 17 days from now. Um, on keeping on the Jordan Addison tangent, Lincoln Riley said that as far as getting creative with Addison in the USC offense, quote, I think your best players, you're always going to tailor it to, to those guys and to do two things and try and fit things for them, end quote. Um, we still only had 10 practices with him. I think we're still figuring him out, his intricacies and how he fits, but he's an impressive kid. He's very he's a very consistent worker and he's a playmaker, end quote. So overall on the scrimmage, uh, Lincoln felt the offense won Sunday, uh, but the defense had two strong days before that. Um, and then I'm just going to get this quote out of the way to continue to be, he wants them to continue to be very much an overall back and forth camp. <clears throat> uh, Riley also said when he leaves the field, one group is going to be happy. One group's going to be pissed. So for me, you're happy and mad both at the same time. And that's how I should feel as a head coach. You feel that back and forth. And when both sides are having success and both sides are being challenged. And I think that's what's happening right now. End quote. So the team will close out um, fall camp on Saturday. And then the following week, uh, classes start. And then they go into zero week where they start going into their uh, game week practice routine. They're, they're two weeks away from kickoff at that point. We're getting close, guys. Two weeks away. All right. I also mentioned Lincoln Riley was in a good mood at the top of the show because of some recruiting information. Well, Alani Noah, the three-star interior offensive lineman out of Grant High School in Sacramento, California, picked USC over the Oregon Ducks Tuesday um, while the team was still practicing. And that makes two wins in a row for USC over the Ducks. And as usual, um, Gavin Morris likes to uh, jump on social media when USC gets a recruiting win, uh, especially when it's against that team from up north. So he and Coach Henson, uh, they hit up social media for a quickie. You got to go hit, got to go check that up on uh, YouTube or Instagram. Um, they were they were in their good mood vibe. And... Uh, Josh Henson is learning how to use Twitter, or somebody's helping him learn how to use Twitter. He had a really good uh, tweet after Noah made his commitment, his verbal commitment announcement. Uh, Noah said that um, he picked USC over, basically, he, he picked USC because of the family vibe, and he didn't feel like he had to change his personality. And that USC's academics uh, were better than the others uh, who are recruiting him. Take that for what it's worth. We know that the final two schools were USC and Oregon. Um, basically, uh, Noah had the entire Pac-12 give him an offer, save for Stanford. Um, 
And with Noah's commitment, that gives USC a total of 16 in this class, um, in their 2023 class. And one quarter of them are offensive linemen. So uh, Noah joins Micah Banuelos, uh, Amos Talalele, as well as uh, Tobias Raymond on that offensive line. Um, that's four guys. So, you know, the question has been, can Lincoln Riley recruit the offensive line? The, the answer is, yes, he can. Um, and they're not done recruiting there either. I'm going to circle back to that here in a second. Uh, on Alani Noah and what he brings to the table, uh, many evaluators uh, would call Noah a late bloomer. Um, again, he he didn't have a lot of offers after you know after his junior year, but eyeballs were starting to to open up a little bit, and then he hit the camp circuit, and he ended up getting basically entire the entire Pac-12 giving him an offer, as well as a couple of other schools outside of the Pac-12. <clears throat> um, but you know, he's six foot four, he's 320 pounds, and some believe he could actually, because of his athleticism and, again, extremely long arms, uh, he, you know, he could be an offensive tackle as well. Uh, the ceiling is really high for this guy. You know, if he was strictly just a bull rush type of guy, um, you might want to see him on the defensive side of the ball and then build off of that. Uh, he is definitely somebody who is still developing. And now Josh Henson is going to get a chance to work with him after he finishes his senior, senior year in high school. He still has a full year to get better. And so that means that more programs are going to come after him. Um, but again, with uh, him joining his friends, uh, Micah Banuelos and uh, Amos Talalele, USC just has to win this season, and uh, I, I think all those recruiting dominoes will continue to fall, in, fall into place. I mentioned that uh, USC isn't done recruiting. So last real note on uh, on Noah, the ceiling is extremely high for this young man. Again, um, he's being recruited to play inside, but he can play tackle. He's got great footwork, long arms, extremely athletic. Um, who knows how high this guy can go. He's a three-star right now. Let's see where he is by the end of his senior campaign. He might be another four-star for USC, if you're into that type of stuff. <clears throat> so, um, you know, Lincoln Riley's got four offensive linemen now going into his 2023 class. The question is, when will the elite guys on the offensive line commit? Well, as I said, you know, let's just go win some games. And then uh, maybe that student body right can get sprinkled in, you know, the NIL. And who knows, maybe by the time uh, that early signing signing day rolls around in December, maybe you'll get another flip. Who knows? Maybe uh, that Francis Mauagoa is... Remember, these guys have... Nobody's signed their letters of intent yet. Uh, everybody's just giving a verbal commitment. So people are going to start recognizing that USC's recruiting is really picking up. Offensive linemen are starting to come back into the fold, picking USC over other programs that they typically have chosen in the past. 
and word will spread like wildfire. Staying with recruiting, um, Braylon Shelby, the defensive end who committed to USC over the weekend, uh, he has a new ranking from the Rivals Network. Uh, he got a bump. Uh, I'm not sure how their system works exactly, but he is a four-star, and he now has a 6.0 rating, whatever that is. Um, if you guys want to fill me in, go ahead and leave the comments here on YouTube. Love to hear them. <clears throat> And like I said uh, on our previous episode yesterday, uh, more commitments could be happening soon. Uh, I can tell you right now that Scott, wrc.com, Scott Schrader left practice early on Tuesday. He's heading out to Arizona, uh, where USC is still very heavily invested in the recruiting game. A uh, couple of offensive linemen out there. They you uh, might want to keep track on because they might be committed now to other programs. doesn't mean they will be as well as a tight end uh, that USC is waiting for a uh, commitment, a verbal commitment from. So I will be back with another show tomorrow. We're here for you five times a week, as you know, but make sure to check out uh, the locked on network when you're not making locked on USC your first listen every day. You've got the, Locked on Pac-12 with your host, Spencer McLaughlin. He'll give you all your Pac-12 news and notes in 30 minutes or less. And then USC, again, we're heading over to the Big Ten. So get familiar with Nate Dickinson and Locked on Big Ten. He'll do the same news and notes in 30 or less. Until then, you know what to do. You know the you know the routine. You make Locked on USC your first listen. And then, because I can't get everything squeezed in in 30 minutes. Head on over to wrse.com for the real juicy VIP nuggets that I just can't give away for free. All right, everyone, fight on. We'll see you soon.